0: Hello oh, and welcome to the 60th episode of The Sausage Factory, This is brought to you by Spong.com and hosted by me, Chris O'Regan. In this show, we interview video game developers and ask them how they made their start making games, what their influences are and who inspires them. Split into two halves, the show initially focuses on the developer themselves, and in the second half we discuss the game they're here to promote, which in this case is Keen by Tangren
1: Entertainment. Victor! Hello. Who are you? Uh, I'm Victor. Yeah. Um, I'm one of the two developers of, uh, that's working on Kin. So we're a two-man team. I do most of the art and programming, basically. Excellent. So how
0: did you make your start doing, making flashy, lighty video games? How did you do
1: that? So, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I started, so my father is a programmer. Okay. And he started actually very early on what was sort of similar to IBM computers. Oh, those! Wow. Yeah, like uh, I'm I'm 33, so I've been around for a while. I just haven't been doing video games all the time. Okay. Um. So, but I started on the Commodore 64 and uh, Yeah, that had a horrible programming language. And a tulip, like I think that was a. Yeah, I actually had those books. You know, do you know those books that that you can type the code from the book and then something on the screen moves?
0: Yeah, yeah, I used to do that as a kid as well. Uh, so that's how I started,
1: basically making stuff. And yeah, um, I used to
0: get those and uh, fix them because <laughs> you write <laughs> the code and like didn't work, and you just you'd bug fix it, and then you it was this early form of modding, like oh, actually can I can change that to that?
1: So yeah. Okay. Yeah, that was my first introduction. After that, I had a console Super NES, so and I couldn't code for the Super NES at the time. We didn't have no. a PC for a while. Now after that, I, like after that, I guess when Unreal came out, I started modding on Unreal. That oh was, yes. And on the first Doom, like the, that sort of time quake, that's when I started modding a bit. mm And started to learn coding a bit, but at that point, I was still a bit in over my head, I guess. Okay. I was, I was I think, like 13 or something, 12, 13 at the time. Mm-hmm. And my uh,
0: first well, actually no, my first ever land game was populous, but my first ever FPS sort of deathmatch was doom. So oh, cool. Yeah. telefragging for the first time. that was hilarious. What happened? Did you just die? <laughs> why <laughs> just ran oh god
1: the rail gunning yeah, <laughs> yeah. I remember
0: yeah oh,
1: I used stuff. to play I don't did I used to play I think I didn't play FPS at the time I played Diablo mm-hmm. and that was with modem dialed modem at the time oh wow so yeah. you went like pring, 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 <laughs> you know that's that's like that's the dial in sound and I would play yeah. Diablo on uh wow I think they had Battle.net already with Diablo yes they did yeah so that's when I started playing games online. Mm. Um, and so it, it took a while for me to get into gaming development again. And so I, I think it started up again a, around college. I did this multimedia education thing. It was a, sort of a mix of graphics design and programming. So that's when I sort of like picked it up like solidly. Um, and then that's, that's when I started making games again. Like for, for, I was 16, 17 at the time. Wow, so you've been at it for quite a while. Well, like as a hobby, right? Like, yeah. um, so I, um, I didn't want to do it as a job at the time because I didn't feel like it was viable or something. No, yeah, there was definitely that
0: case of, um, for you know, it's definitely is the, the perception that this is not viable. I'll just go off and be a software engineer or something like that. But
1: um, yeah, yeah I, I wanted to do it for myself, but I didn't like. I didn't know how to get there at the time. No, so, no. Um, There's so I went courses. to college, then university to do uh, programming, like right. on biomedical stuff, so like MRI scanners, cutcom, like the, the, those medical devices that they have in a hospital to, to to check how the how brain works. And I, I basically learned to write code for that sort of stuff. Okay. Um, so and, lots
0: of external peripherals that are feeding data into a machine, which then... Had to be interpreted and spat out into a screen and a bit of paper.
1: Yeah, it's very actually like it's a stack of images basically, but with instead right. of pixel data in there with color, it's like like density of matter or mm. like different data, and that then, then you can sort of transfer that into a visual image. Um, so that's what I did for a while, but I, that also didn't stick. <laughs> <laughs> so then I got back. Like then I like my plan was always to get like set up my own. Company, so I started saving money after that. Actually worked at a bank, so because that's the easiest way to make money, or it was yeah, 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 back then.
0: Yeah.
1: And so I made money, I saved up money, and then I started basically uh, working on Kin when I was done. That's how I got here.
0: That's how you got here. So that's a real, like you know, you can't can't be employed in this job. I'd want to make it myself. So you proceeded to do so.
1: And yeah, I, so. I didn't really want. I don't think make making games for others didn't appeal to me, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Because it's such a creative thing and then making someone else's creation for games didn't...
0: the thing about games is, and I've said this to others and other developers, and they tend to agree, uh, hopefully you will, but it encompasses all mediums to some greater or lesser extent. All the other mediums, for example, there's storytelling to it and there's, there's visuals, of course, there's music... And then on top of that, there's a sense of interaction as well, and so you know it's it's when you hear you know music artists going, "Oh, i spent like four or five months recording this album. What are you doing? Have <laughs> 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 you tried making a game? There's, there's pain. There's, there's you know, what, what, well, my heart bleeds for you." really you know and it's probably a bit simplistic for me to say i'm sure a lot of musicians now are screaming down their podcast or their, their ipods and yelling at me but i'm just saying you know but what's your what's your take on it do you think that's sort of a valid statement or
1: oh, well um i hit my head against it every day basically because yeah. when you're in indie you, you, you have to do a lot of jobs and it's like yeah. you have to do uh, when I started, I was like, well, I want to make my own game, so I have to learn everything. I have to learn art, I have to learn programming. And I did. I did learn to do art quite proficiently, and programming, I I can say I'm really good at. Yeah. But then, like, when I started working, making games, I, I learned that, well, design is not something, it's not something that just, a game doesn't just pop out, a good game no. doesn't just pop out naturally, it's, it's nice. actually... An incredible amount of effort to become a good designer. You don't just, you, you aren't just a good designer. It actually takes uh, even more practice than the programming or the art side of things. It's
0: it's um, the, those two aspects, vital as they are, as far as video game development are concerned, are a means to an end. So in in this show, we tend not to talk about specifically about coding, how you do so. We don't do it because coding, as vital as it is, is a means to an end. Um, but it's if you could you know so it's a paintbrush if you will you know it's yes you can wield a paintbrush as much as you like but it's actually the design of a game you know whether it is actually worthy of anyone's time that's the tricky part the really really tricky part yeah some some people can really nail it
1: and continue to do so some people not so much and i think it's not even that easy i think it's I think it's it's not even a people thing. It's sort of almost like stumbling on stuff. And some people will stumble on something and other people won't. Yes. And I don't think it's always... You can't say that someone consciously or a designer consciously goes for his target and reaches his target all the time. Because you start somewhere and you still have... Like, depending on the size scale of the game, you still have only a very vague image of where you're going to end up even if you have designed a lot up front, there's still yeah. a big big road ahead of you. Right. Um, so it's just, there's a bit of luck involved as well in design, I think, to, to get to, the, to a point where there's a lot of work involved, a lot of reiterating, but there's also a bit of, um, like hitting a really good idea, I think there's a bit of luck involved.
0: Yes. And also the other thing about any creative endeavor is it's extremely destructive. Because you trade stuff, swathes of stuff. You probably spent weeks on something and then you'll dump it. Oh, yeah. It just, just doesn't work.
1: Oh, this, this happens all the time. All like... the
0: time. And that's okay. It's yeah. all right. It's okay. It's one thing you have to get through to people when they're first starting out. It's like, it's all that stuff you did, it's not junk because you did learn a lot when you did it, but it's of no use to this game, is it? You might use it for something else, but for this, no. <laughs> it's just not working, is it? And it's yeah. okay to just uh, to take it and put it aside, and that's fine. And all, all yeah, all creative endeavors are ultimately destructive, very destructive. But the output is you know, and also the understanding. You know, being a perfectionist is the worst thing as well. Don't do that. It's not. It's not a positive attribute. It's a terrible attribute because you never get anything done. <laughs>
1: um,
0: you know, understanding what's good enough is yeah. I, th-
1: I think that's is, a tough one. It's very um, tough. Yeah, ma- mainly I think you need external. Like you need other people to tell you how good something is. Because yes. you come you become so close to your design. Yeah. Especially if you work on a multi year project like I, like we did on KIN, you become completely blind to your own errors. Yes, and you do. Yeah. like every every time we let other people play, even though we think like the the game is almost like it feels right, we still every time you learn something from mm-hmm. someone.
0: Yeah, someone's yeah. going,
1: Oh, did you know that could happen? And then it goes into the stupid loop and it doesn't work anymore. Ha! Huh. <laughs> yeah, no, no. not even technical stuff. Yeah. Like technical stuff is one thing, but also like, um, for example, when you have a story-driven game like Kin and it's like twenty-five yeah. hours long, how how often, as a two two like two people team, how often can you actually play through your own game, right? Because You, you yeah. can't. Like if you play through it twice, that's like one work week. Yeah. So, Uh, and how you can't experience something for the first time. Like any emotional cue in the game at at 10 hours in, how do I know if that that emotional cue at 10 hours in, like if something happens, something very nice or something very destructive, how do I know if that actually uh, has an emotional connection with the player? The only way to find out is to have people uh, continuously playing your game, basically.
0: Absolutely. So
1: on next
0: question for you then is um, what's your biggest influences as, cre- as a creator what's the thing you, you believe you gravitate towards and draw inspiration from most
1: like what's source yeah
0: um, just what, what's the sort of things that it's a bit of an open-ended question it's, I've
1: it's been a trying very to re- hard question because I've been
0: trying to reword it over and over but every time I come out of it this it becomes even more silly so it's really just trying to draw from you what's the thing that you get most you know, gets your creative juices flowing most.
1: So it used to be games, uh-huh. to, until up until a couple of years ago, but now it actually isn't games at all anymore because I don't really have time to play games. Interesting. Probably. Okay. <laughs> because I'm, but I draw it mostly from uh, movies. Yes. Okay. Books, um Scientific articles. Like I like reading up on what's happening in the world in terms of science, like uh, what's new. Like for example, the current like AI frontier I find very interesting. Yeah, things Like, think the, so. like the, the last week I've been sort of bumping my head into this because Kim is almost done and we're sort of going into all these directions with ideas of what we could build next. And yeah, like I'm looking at how could I make like Uh, artificial life in a computer, could I make a game based on artificial life because there aren't many out there? What's what's the current state of affairs on artificial life? Like, what can we do? What have people learned so far? Like, artificial minds. And I just look at, like, papers a lot. Technically, where are we? And is this sort of, like, it expands my mind, if you know what I mean.
0: That's, we just said that, you know, those three words expand my mind. That's the point. You know the best developers, the best creators, in my view, go far, far beyond the typical fair that we're we're used to. you know we're you know people I've said this before, we need more people who don't like Star Wars making video games um and uh, it's a glib statement, and you know what I'm trying to say is that we just need people who do devour Dickens or something of similar ilk and actually start making games because that's an there's an audience for that too. And uh, that is and has been happening for a while now. And uh, I think Kin definitely demonstrates that you've got this broad understanding of the human condition. Or not necessarily human, but person condition. Sentient beings, if you will, condition. Uh, uh, and uh, that's that's what I got from playing Kin. But I'm rushing ahead of myself. Anything else, do you think? Or is that basically it? No,
1: Anything no, that's, that's sort of what I'm yeah. like it sort of it broadens a lot like I think a lot of game designers when they old school game designers I guess who have been around longer start doing it based on the games they played and they sort of admire those games yeah they have a lot of nostalgia value there Mm -hmm. and then there comes the next layer of like where are you as a person like what are your interests right for me that's very different it's like I I devour a lot of movies like (laughs) a ton of movies Cool. Like, I, I basically, when I'm working, I always have a movie on, like, all the time. Interesting. Like, I, I can't, can't do that. I can't do that. I, I, can, like, I can't work with just one thing going on. I can't just work. So oh. even when I used to study, I used to have my TV on, on my radio. Like, I need multiple things coming at me at the same time to feel. Okay. Uh, For
0: me, it's music. I always have music going, unless I'm doing transcription which I loathe doing, but sometimes I have to do it. Um, yeah, I, lo-
1: I love music. Like, yeah.
0: You, do you know this
1: this show, Penny Dreadful, on Netflix? Do you have Netflix? Yeah, I do have Netflix, yeah. Penny Dreadful. No, but I can check it out. I'll have a look. So, no, but I was looking at Penny Dreadful and, um, and I was listening to the music and the music is really good. So I was like, who is this composed? And I'm like, like. I'm just thinking, like, could I actually hire this composer yeah, for yes. the next game, you know? That's how I feel. Like, this music is really good, so yeah, I yeah. tend to
0: that's do cool. it. So yeah, that's the way you should think, you know? I'm sure I could approach him, I've got this game, and they're, they're very boring. I always by. try. Yeah. But... yeah, it doesn't hurt to ask, as I always say to people, what's the worst that could happen? He'll turn around and say no? Well, it's their loss, isn't it? So, just move yes. on. So, who do you most admire in the land of video games? <sighs> um that's annoying anyway. Like a person? you
1: can be like, I, I like Naughty Dog a lot. Like, I liked The Last of Us a lot. Um, okay, so that's Naughty Dog, isn't it? Yeah, Naughty Dog. Yeah. Like Naughty Dog. Like, I think, as a studio, what they have done, like, and what they have consistently done,
0: mm.
1: I think is like, knowing how much it, effort it takes to get a, to that sort of game, that polish, and that, like, just, just the effort that goes into... I think people underestimate how... What an incredible amount of effort it takes to keep sort of on the frontier of where games go, you know?
0: Yeah, I can't can't fathom how they managed to squeeze out that much power out of a PlayStation Three.
1: And just, just not power, but also story, like story, story with the girl and how it works. Yes, and how well it works in the game. And you, yes, you you cared about the people. Yeah,
0: you, there were three-dimensional people that you cared about that had faults and. Desires and yes, of course.
1: Yes. That so I think they, they are very yeah, yeah, like quite impressive.
0: Yeah.
1: I, I like I like Dota 2 a lot.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like a, there's so many dev- I'm gonna ask you this, maybe you've got an opinion on it. Why are there so many developers who like MOBAs? Well specifically Dota 2. Why? Because I, I mean as much as I enjoy playing Dota, I'm profoundly, profoundly bad at
1: it. Um, um It's it's erasing the game, isn't it? That's yeah. some- <laughs> to me it sometimes is. Oh god. No, I don't I don't know. It's very it's very impressive how you have ninety different characters that have uh completely asymmetrical skill set like a quite asymmetrical skill set. Yes. And yes. still manage to come out of that with a balanced game. It's I know. That's that's very impressive.
0: It's, it's, and it's it's free as well. Uh I do I know a lot of people actually chuck money at them because they play it so much
1: they feel obliged to do so. <laughs> yeah, I do, I did the same with Hearthstone like you just throw some money at it because developers have spent time on that. Right? Yeah, it's, like, it's not right. You know,
0: Come on, just maybe throw something at you. So, um, but, yeah, I mean, my only big problem with MOBAs generally is the uh, item acquisition. Because you just get a wall of, of icons, an absolute wall of them. Right? Buy something. What? I don't know. You've got 20, sec- no, 20 nanoseconds to make a decision, but you've got to make a decision now. Buy something. Do you oh, need four- what?
1: For, for, like, spending, mel- like, real money on the game? Or do you mean, no, like, no, in-game no. while playing? Doing a game. When you're playing a game and you're in the midst of,
0: you know, maybe you're pushing mid or something, and you realise that, you know, I need to go, and maybe I should go and upgrade some stuff. What? You just get this wall of stuff in front of you, and you try to build these combos up, and you've got about three seconds to figure it out before you have to go... Russia oh, yeah, like...
1: You know what I mean? The game, like, the design is not perfect. I know... No, no. Like, the first time I started... I still remember my first game of Dota, like Dota 2. Yeah. And my, I thought, my mana... I'm out of mana. Yeah. And I didn't know how to recharge, so I thought, well, maybe I should die to recharge my mana, because every time <laughs> I die, I, I don't think my team was that happy with me. No, no. <laughs> because I would die, so I could fire my spells again. I'm like, this is a weird design. And also the Courier, like... You know, sending yeah. it around and you share it. I was like, "What is this?" What's that? What's this? But like, all the design is sort of fair. I still think it's are sort of bad spots. But once you, oh yeah, yeah. Once you play it enough, you sort of uh, they they fade away and uh, sort of depth of the game comes out. But yeah, they are I, I, definitely weird design choices in the, the game. I find Moba's fascinating
0: um, for all sorts of reasons. But uh, and I say Moba's plural because I've played many. Um playing Smite at the moment and that's quite an interesting game. Is that the
1: first person one?
0: Yeah. Well it's the
1: it's third person the, one. It's the, the camera
0: it's behind camera. the camera. So it looks like wow, if you sort of look at a glance, or it looks like an MMO, I should say. At a glance it looks like you're just be, and then you realise that all the things are happening that you recollect on a MOBA, like, oh, it's a MOBA. But it looks like you're playing an MMO, which is a bit peculiar. But um anyway, speaking of video games, still what are you playing right now? Please don't say kin. <laughs> well, I was
1: like, until, like, the last game I played was Dota 2. Okay. And the game I played before was Hearthstone. I'm right. really yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Is that on your phone, or is it on a computer? It's on my tablet. Okay. But this was also on my computer, but I don't play it anymore. I stopped, like, I don't think, I have some problems with the, with the nature of Hearthstone, okay. uh, with how they have set it, I don't. I think the game design in its core is good, but I don't like uh, the certain aspects of the game. I don't like. I don't like the new card introductions. Like the, I think they are too gimmicky. I think there's too much randomness to the game design. Okay. Um, for me, to enjoyed... have, uh,
0: for me, Hearthstone is like oh, that's the uh, the Warcraft uh, CCG. It is. Mm-hmm. The, the the paper one, the card one, the original analog one, if you will, uh, used to exist before Hearthstone appeared, and that's the same game, only with <laughs> real cards. So when I was playing it, i go, oh yeah, this is a good game, I've been saying this for years. Um, but you're right, when they start putting in these gimmicks and it gets... Uh, starts...
1: I actually never played card games, not, not like normally, like I've never played Magic or anything. No. I just started on Hearthstone, that's my first card game. Okay. And... I don't like randomness in my games I like to be in control in general like I don't think I don't think I, I don't like the design in Baldur's Gate I don't like it in a Dungeon Dragon system I don't like it in for example an XCOM that you have like an 80% chance to hit something and then you miss it like I don't think it translates that well to game like to video games right. I don't understand you need it to when you throw a dice but I don't like it in a video game Okay, that's like personal design pet peeve I guess
0: yeah, so I know a lot of people like they see a board game because I play board games as well and they go oh, has this got dice in it so, yeah I'm not playing this <laughs> and it's like what Like, so, yeah, I don't want randomness like, I don't want that and you know I, I can see that but um, but personally uh, it all depends on the overall design of the game it's more of a holistic view than rather to say oh yeah I'm not playing this because it's got you know a, an aspect to it that I'm not yeah, but anyway, there it is, <laughs> because the RPGs have had dice rolling in the background for years, for a variety of reasons. And I yeah, think... Kim doesn't have
1: it, like, no. almost doesn't have it. Yes. It's very low, like, very, there's some very small stuff in there, but okay. it's try to avoid it.
0: Speaking of Kim, let's move on to the second half of the show, and talk about Kim. So do first question to yourself, to Victor. Tell us, what is
1: about Kim? What is it about? What is it? you do you do? So um, Kim is sort of a, a blend of genres. It's sort of like a, a RPG, but it's also very tactical, and it's like almost like a RTS. So you control a party, and your positioning is important. Um, the way you select skills is very important. Um, but, so it's, it's not just, like, if you take a bot's gate, for example, what's most important is how you use your skills, your abilities, right? Like, it's not not as much about positioning, like, how you move around, but it's more about, do I use the right combination of skills to counter my enemy? And if you take, like, a platformer, your positioning becomes very important. Like, so, I'm, so I, I like a game that's sort of... I want to build an RPG that's very dynamic in how you fight. Okay. So that's one That's one aspect of the game. Right. And then there's... Um, then I wanted uh, I was working on the storyline for Kim, uh, for a game. And the storyline is basically um, what I think of about... Why do people in war always think they are on the right side? Um, so what I was yeah. doing is... There's, there's,
0: a very, there's a very famous sketch um, in the UK. Is it? a show that, um, Mitchell and Webb did this sketch where these two SS officers bear with me, don't worry doesn't go to too dark places <laughs> two SS officers yeah, don't worry I'm, I'm not, I know we're obviously going, going on to Nazis here but bear with me because it's a very funny sketch I know, it's hard to imagine but anyway, they're, they're sitting there one of them says um, are you sure we're on the right side? Because what do you mean? well, we've got skulls on our caps <laughs> 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 That's <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to dig it out for you to send your links. So it's very funny. Yeah. But it's just basically the whole sketch just goes on with that same. Are you sure? We were at the... <laughs> so anyway. Um, so, yes, you're right. There's no, it's, um, it's too often because video games being their very nature being built off a binary system. Right. Because computers mm-hmm. are a series of switches. That's all they are. Uh, and sure. um, ultimately I know it sounds weird the, the, yes there's switches upon switches upon switches upon switches but ultimately that's what they are uh, and so therefore there's a tendency for this to you know, look at the Bioware stuff where you have either really really good or really really bad or sometimes maybe a little bit in between but the game doesn't really work with that so you've got to be either one or, one or the other uh, and uh, you're saying that there's ambiguity to life
1: I don't and think my, my my thought is that people actually aren't aware that they are doing bad stuff. No, if they did they wouldn't if they are like like even for example, um like and I think people have a tendency to sort of put a label on someone just based on what category he is in. So I give I give you a quick example. Uh so let's let's take a simple example. My my grandmother lived through World War Two. Mm-hmm. And she lived in Rotterdam, and Rotterdam was bombed. Yes. Uh, and so did my grandfather. And they both lived in Rotterdam, and their houses were basically uh, hit. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was a lot of scarcity in food because the Germans cut off the food supply. So, the, as sort of a rep, reprisal, how do you say it? Sort of. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, they, they didn't have any food. So, um, the, there's like two events that happened in, in Rotterdam. One was did the Germans put up these poles. Like the, the the soldiers put up up these poles to to signal when the when the allies would come to bomb, you know. Right. So, uh, but there wasn't any firewood. So what my grandfather did, he he went with his father to cut down one of these poles, uh, which is basically they will shoot you for it, right? Right. Like they don't like you taking their their emergency right. poles. down. so they got cut. My My grandfather got cut. Um, and. Instead of killing him, yeah. um, they actually just put him to work because he had the luck of running into two nice German uh, soldiers, older soldiers, who probably lived f- through World War I, and they put, like, uh, they were basically, you could say the Germans were the bad guys, but these guys themselves weren't bad guys. They, they saw this young boy that was, like, was skinny, and they saw 12-year-old your boy felt pity and basically put him to work for a week on their barracks. So he chopped wood there. Um, so that's like the individual choosing, like, even though he might be part of, like, a repressive regime, yeah. still the individual is choosing to do a good thing. And on the other hand, you have, like, the church uh, gave food out at the time to to locals. But my grandmother wasn't religious, and so she didn't get any food. They would actually pour the food down the drain in front of her. Uh, The priests did, like the local ministries, like I don't know how you call them in English. So that's like someone who you expect to be in a position of good doing something bad, you know? Yeah. So that's sort of like that conflict of people putting a label on this person is on this side, so he's good. And people tend to like, it it doesn't like it might be based on religion, it might be based on skin, like color of skin or sex or whatever. People tend to go like, this person is. This so he will behave in this way, yeah. and I in Kin I try to especially play around with the humans that you expect the humans to be the ones to be on your side, yeah. But in like in in the like as you go, are you actually you you have to go a lot, you go along a bit with the storyline, but are you actually like what what are all these people good? Are they bad? Like there, there's just a, a lot of shades of gray there in how people behave.
0: So, I mean, you've kind of preempted the question, I've got. Which is I want to talk about the morality, which takes takes a major role in 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 kin. It's it's right up front and centre from the very outset. So I want to. I mean, you've already described how it. Well, maybe you can describe how the game does that. And um, I think you told us how that's going, how it comes to be. But can you give us a, a, an abstract example of how kin deals with
1: morality? Um. Well, for example, like you, you could, like you said, you, you start at the start of the game. You you reach a little village, and this village is basically they are um, capturing or killing all the local monsters because they feel they are a threat to them. And even though these these uh, monsters are or monsters are still benign, like they aren't actually uh, actively fighting the humans yet, they can actually turn like in sort of an enraged state and become. Uh, a, day, a threat, so okay. the village sort of proactively acts in <clears throat> capturing or killing these individuals and they want to recruit you to save some of the guards who have got, been going on these uh, raids to, to capture or kill these people, but you can sort of choose to take on these quests and how you end it uh, but you can also save the the, the captured uh, monsters, for example, like you can sort of go about it in different ways Okay. Um, that's one quick example, but there's like oh, there's a ton of other little things. There's also a ton of plays on the player. Like I think everybody knows the typical World of Warcraft question mark exclamation mark turning quest yeah. here. Yeah. Yeah. So what we tend to do is sort of sort of, sometimes play around with that, and we um, well, we have multiple exclamation marks, so you can actually turn in quests at multiple points, but you don't actually know that unless you actually pay attention. And you might sort of make a very bad call just because you wanted to win the quest really fast or don't really pay attention to what's happening. And yeah, read the quest text in Kin. Trust me on this. <laughs> and you might we sacrifice did. little children or yeah, it's like do horrible things. Hang on,
0: I need to do what? No, see, hmm. I'm not going to do that, okay? But I've got an exclamation. I don't care. Yeah, don't you can ignore. just ignore it. You just ignore it. Just again, <laughs> a real... So any OCD players... Don't play Kin, because it doesn't work that way. Okay, It doesn't doesn't work that way. Um, Don't have
1: to do what the system tells you to. <laughs> no,
0: you just have to experience the game. And So I want to talk about the storyline, because it's a branching one, isn't it?
1: Yeah.
0: And um, how difficult has it been to map it? And can you tell us what shape the overall arc takes? Not the actual content, because that would be stupid, that would be a huge spoiler, but I just want to know, is it more like a bushel, or is it... I mean, how is it... Sort of branching out. Is there multiple endings? If you don't want to say that, that's fine.
1: Yeah, actually, there's there's multiple endings. And I think that okay. probably the game can end in like twenty different ways, subtly Fantastic. some some more subtle than the others. Right. So you go through the levels in a in a linear way. So you start at level one, and there's eighteen sort of worlds that you go through. Um, but the choices you make in those worlds, like even if you kill, like we actually keep. Track of very small stuff like if you kill one of the certain monsters that are not evil, um, that actually we keep track of that sort of stuff. If you kill like bad guys, good guys, what guys you kill, why you kill them, like, and that actually has sometimes subtle and sometimes a big consequences for the storyline. Okay. Um, and that's not like we don't put it in a quest. It's just stuff that you do. You know, it, we don't. Sometimes we do put it very much in the foreground, like a quest. And we, you can do it or not, and it might have positive or negative outcome later on. And sometimes we do it just by how you are acting. Like, are you opening these chests? Are you killing these people? Are you saving these people? Um, like, are you So lots, lots of if and or logic statements. Yeah, and it, yeah, and it's <laughs> not like, uh, and that, that we store it, and um, it's not like we say you you did it wrong. Like, no, there's it's... no wrong or right but the story will take subtle different yeah. directions or big different directions based
0: it's, on it's a relative term isn't it as it goes yeah. to what's right and wrong as you say
1: Yeah, it's, but at the end it's kind of like on your like even certain choices are basically life or death choices for uh, in the end like, for, like we aren't afraid to to do uh, negative stuff to the main cast because uh, Kin isn't about mainly Kin is like Kin in general, like the universe isn't about uh the characters, it's about the universe. So it's not like a mass effect that you need to continue with this protagonist, you know? Yeah. It's not not that much about this character that he stays in like that he survives or that he, you need him in the next story. Actually it's more of a universe than uh Okay. So and you... Central.
0: This leads me very neatly on. This is almost as if you know what this question is. It's kind of scary. Um, but the uh, player controls multiple characters. I think it's six, ultimately.
1: Ultimately, yes.
0: Yeah. So do you find it difficult for the player to bond with those characters? With such so many of them? Or are you saying, oh, hang on, as in- interesting as these characters are, they are more like a-, a tool through which you carve the universe.
1: So, actually, it's sort of... The more time you spend with a character, the more time we have to build. Uh... It's different per character. Like you start with Arrik and Bram. You do yes. And Auric Al- is basically a blank slate because he's the first one you play with. So you, you're, that's basically what you put your own emotion into, right? Yes, you project. Yeah, you project. Excited anyway. Like that's but, that's yeah. just there's no way around that, and no. so he doesn't have um, a big. There's a, he has actually a background, but we don't. Actually, uh, it's subtle in the background, and I don't think most people will pick up on it through the story, but it's actually... There's a big background story for him, but we actually don't tell it in the story. Okay. He, he, he just is, but yes. like all the characters around him behave in a certain way based on the backstory, but he doesn't know about it himself. Okay. And it isn't actually expanded that much upon, but but basically how Kind was built was we had the first storyline, the second storyline, and the third storyline. Like every time we built the storyline anew and little parts of the previous storyline survived, but not always in dialogue, but also in subtle things like how how people around behave, you know, so that you get a more detailed layered world because of it, or even though you don't use it in the main storyline. Right. Does that make sense? Yes,
0: Yes,
1: I get it. So that's that's the case for Ulrich. Like we have a very big backstory for Alric, but it's actually not specifically specifically told in the game. Right. Um but it's told through how other characters around him behave interact with him and yeah, yeah. okay.
0: Great.
1: And Bram is basically um, um basically he's the, the the voice of optimism in the game. Yes, the naive voice of optimism. Um, yeah. <laughs> And basically, all these characters have a voice to tell in the world. Like, there's the voice of uh, of lo- loyalty that's sort of Nicholas. He's like, uh, of, of failing his duty. Uh, so, and, the, like, because you have less time with a character later on in the story, their behavior becomes more primal, I guess. Like, the, you can't, you don't have 18 chapters to build on a character. So, you need to do it with, for example, four or five. Right. So, you need to build a character through... How we do it is um, those characters are often linked to characters that were introduced early in the story and their storyline is already sort of told partly through another character. So they join your cast and they actually are sort of uh, expanded upon earlier in the story. Yeah. They're sort of the missing link in the story, if you know what I mean. Yeah.
0: I mean, this is is what I want to focus on in this talk we're having. It's really about... This, Kin is really about the story. I know it sounds really cliched and oh, a game about story, really. But yeah, it's happening. It's working. People are playing Gone Home and stuff like that, and they're just you know they thought oh, it's barely a game there No, that's not the point. That's not that's that's that's, that's it. Yeah, know it's not. It's and this what for me, Kin is, is extraordinary. This piece of design where you have um, it's it's about you know the human condition, as I said earlier. And how people interact with one another and what they do and the, the consequences they suffer are based on their actions. And that's, that's really what the lesson I got from, from playing, from, the, from what I've so far played of, of kin. Mm-hmm. The last question I have, which I know is sad because we are bringing to an end to a great show, but uh, the appearance of Wasteland 2 and Pillars of Eternity has certainly done much to raise the profile of party-based RPGs has their appearance influenced or impacted the development of Kin in any
1: way? No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I haven't played Wasteland, to be honest. Like any Wasteland. And I, I think when we started Kin four years ago, yeah, I don't think yeah. even either of those games existed at the time. Indeed. I was actually surprised that, because I felt like this was a game I wanted to make because there weren't many around. And now some of them, they start... Uh, Exploding. <laughs> yeah, they started coming into existence again. Yeah. But but they weren't around when I started on Kim. Um So no, they weren't any influence because I didn't even know about them at the time. I think my main influence, like what I played a lot right. and enjoyed a lot, and I did this a lot back then, was Guild Wars. I don't know if you know the fierce Guild Wars.
0: Well, yes, I, I played Guild Wars. Uh,
1: quite so early. I was like I played it a lot with uh, Dutch Guild, and we were like we played like we were also very competitive in it, and <clears> just. Just like having those eight, uh, you had like Guild vs. Guild. You played with six six characters as well, right? And and I I used I used to spend hours just balancing out um, what skills to use. So like like um, this guy will play this character with those skills, yeah. And like like there was there were like seven hundred fifty skills or something in that game. So it was such an enormous wealth of skills to pick from. Yeah, I, I really liked Guild Wars. I think Guild Wars was I think it's a very much underestimated game in.
0: Yeah, people don't give it enough credit. Uh, it's, it
1: deserves like a lot of credit on a lot of fronts. For example, they had this, this... like From a technology perspective, they had this streaming technology. They could just stream in anything at any time for a level. Like, yeah. You didn't have to download any patch or any... Like, in World of Warcraft, you had to download... Oh, yeah. There's a like, nice... Ages a behind, behind in terms of
0: And then it would break your stuff. custom UI and all this nonsense. Like, oh, great, you know, but...
1: Yeah. Guild Wars was like... I thought that was incredibly impressive game, and also Baldur's Gate too is like so. If you draw back, it's not on recent success. It's more like right. I used to I used to, like RPG is sort of one of my favorites. It's not my only genre, but it's definitely one of my favorite genres to play in. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I used to play Guild Wars a lot. I used to play World of Warcraft a lot. Um, <laughs> but also Diablo, like Diablo One, Diablo Two, I've played a lot. But Baldur's Gate. Yeah. Um, dungeon siege so um, oh yeah that's yeah, just like with the pack mule just... yeah <laughs> <laughs> no it's just like a ton of good ga- like so it's the, yeah. the genre There's just uh, the, for me personally there can't be enough games in that genre you know nah. <laughs> so... no no and, and
0: the fact they re-released Baldur's gate they re-enhanced it they pushed it out again and go here it is again only slightly better actually that's not fair not slightly better a lot better
1: but, is like yeah. I don't know, like. Oh, and I almost forgot Fallout. Fallout is great as well. Fallout, yeah. But what the one and two? I've played them all. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, Fallout, Fallout it is it. great. Like Fallout, like also has a lot of style to it. Like with the pit ball, Ah, yeah. oh, it's, yeah, it's just great. that
0: whole weird messed yeah. up humor. I, oh, made I made failed um, Fallout Three. I really, really did. I didn't never played Vegas, but uh... anyway, I just wanted to get that out there because people are going to say, "Hang on." It's another one of these. Like, don't be like that. It's not another one of these. And it's been around a lot longer in development than Pillars of Eternity, etc. cetera.
1: I don't um, think they are very... It will be... I don't think... This comes back to what I said earlier about how Baldur's Gate plays and how Pillars of... Like, which is very much spiritual, successful Baldur's Gate. Yeah. How they play is... Uh, it's... Kin is not like that in terms no. of combat. And also, like, we... it's also not in dialogue because if you play King you will notice that there's not a single dialogue choice in the entire game that's right there's not a single dialogue all your choices in the game you make through your actions actions. that was something I found was very important for King to to hold on to so it's not about what answer you give a person it's about how you act in the world and that's completely different from like also a completely different design uh, perspective um and it's real time combat, like you can slow down time to build to have some more time, so just go sort of bullet time, it slows down, yeah. but it's definitely not built to be a turn based combat system it's built to be dynamic That's it's, right. it's much more based on moving around than in the right like how place. we like to say it's not about picking the best choice it's like picking, picking a choice that lets you survive a bit longer yeah like you just you just do what you can, but it's not about perfectly strategizing around the enemy it's more about I need to move. Out of the way because I will just die if I don't, and yeah, um, it's it's a lot more reflect like uh, reactionary. Okay, which is Sorry. I
0: actually prefer that because I'm a more active player anyway.
1: But yeah, it's like it's a personal preference. Like I, I personally, I think one of the problems with I don't like turn-based combat all that much. I don't. I think people hold on to it a bit too hard for RPGs. Right. Yeah. And you can still have very deep combat without going. I think like MOBAs are an example of that. Yeah. Oh, yes, yes. I think it's the the
0: because they come from a pen and paper experience, which was by its very nature, had to be, you know, turn-based, but it doesn't have to be for video games, right?
1: No, it's like, it can be, but it's not my personal preference to play turn-based. Like, it's So,
0: be. we're at an end. I know, sad. But, <laughs> um, so Kin, what's it coming out on and when's it going to appear
1: um, so we are in the final sort of stages. so in the next couple of months, probably probably in July, that's sort of now our current target, okay, um so it's quite soon, but like with all uh, with all things like if we find any like we we're we not we're not working on a game four and a half years for to rush it out, you know Well, no. so, so we're like if it's not we try in July, and that's sort of our target, but if we yeah. don't make it, then if we feel if it's august that will. Yeah, then it's August, you know. It's uh, it's, it's uh, not not a very specific thing for us, but soon it's like we are in the final stage. We are like very far in the testing. we are, like we had like hundreds of bugs, probably 500. There's only less than a dozen left. So okay, uh, so it's coming out on Windows, is it PC Windows, Mac? And yeah, Mac? we're starting on Windows. All oh, right. So PC Windows, and then we are going to do Linux and Mac. Right. Um, so this should be quite easy because it's, um, it's unity based. Um, oh, that's my last question. So it is unity based. Okay. It is unity based. Yeah. Uh, so, so cross platform should be okay. Um, but you always run into issues. So we need to yeah. spend some time. And then after that, we are, uh, we had, we have a console version of the game already. Like, uh, okay. It actually works on controls and we actually showed it last December on the PlayStation event. Right. Uh, so we do, and, and it actually it works like too much to my surprise because I was like, how am I going to get this game? Yeah, how are you going to do that the interface con- with the controller? Yeah, how, how am I going day? to put an yeah. uh, RPG on the controller? But it actually worked surprisingly well because I, yeah. I just bought a PlayStation 4 controller and I was, like, I, I played around with it for a couple of days and I actually managed, it actually works. Like, I like the skills firing better on the controls, like on the Interesting. console. Interesting. Yeah. Because I have, like, you you know that you have three scales per character, you know? Yes. And I have, just have this, those set to the buttons, like, so the X is the attack button, and all the three buttons are the scales, so you fire them very directly. Yeah. And then the bumpers are to go through the six characters, and it works, works play, surprisingly well. Yeah. And camera controls are just on the on the right. It just works quite, like, yeah, much like, to my surprise, by the way, because yeah. we didn't set out to do the console, and if it wasn't working, I wouldn't go to console, but... no actually works surprisingly well so we're like you
0: do huh. get a different audience with that and uh people do like sitting on their couch relaxing um playing games and stuff and that's yeah you do get a very different audience there yeah I don't know I'm not, is it like maybe you do maybe you don't but I don't know like,
1: well, like when I play on console and um like I play games like Skyrim and
0: yeah it's just like the
1: same ex, like I don't think it's easier or anything on console. I thought Skyrim was quite hard. Yeah. Actually. Okay.
0: Yeah, I mean, I didn't use mouse and keyboard when I played uh, Skyrim, but I did play it on my PC, but I used my 360 controller because it's just easier. <laughs> so, Yeah. Okay. Well, um, Victor, thank you very much for your time and sharing with us all you know about Kin. I do wish you the very best of luck uh, with, uh, with it, and it's uh, an impending release. I'm looking forward to it immensely because uh, my time in Pillars of Eternity is coming to an end. I need another one. So, uh, which I would actually, I would recommend you play after you finish Kin. I would recommend you uh, have a go to see. I what would you definitely it.
1: like. I am following it on like blogs to see yeah, what, like, yeah. what other people think of it.
0: It's an extraordinary piece of experience, experience. But we're not here to talk about it. We're here to talk about Kin. And people should go out and check it out. It's coming out on Steam, I assume, uh, and uh, other other vendors. And, of course, directly from yourselves. And, uh, yeah, like I said, really looking forward to it. And, Victor, thank you very much for your time. Thanks, Chris. And so ends another episode of the Sausage Factory. Do leave us an iTunes review. And you can also, don't forget, listen to us on Stitcher.com. So just go to Stitcher.com and you can stream the show from there you just look up the sausage factory and you can find us that'd be great you can follow me on Twitter at Chris O'regan no apostrophes and uh, if you want to email me any feedback on the show or actually you're a developer you listen to the show and want your game featured on it please do email me at Chris at spong.com bye